shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards, Carter Wilcoxon, coming to you from uh, from home today on this uh, podcast and uh, 110 degree temperatures out here in Phoenix, Arizona. It is officially summertime in Phoenix, Arizona, for sure. There's no doubt about it. And as is normal, I am joined by my fantastic chemical-free body himself, uh, Mr. Tim James. Tim James, how are you, my man? Dude, I'm doing awesome. You know, um, I'm on the hunt, always scanning. I'm like the Terminator. I see everything, and I'm always looking for anything that will help me be healthier, right? live longer, have a higher quality of life, sleep better, perform better, recover faster, um, you know, keep my eyesight, all that stuff. And um, I am on the verge of a huge breakthrough for everybody listening. And um, I'm doing an experiment right now, and I'm culturing some strains of bacteria in yogurt. And um, just to give you guys a, a quick little summary on this, because this is unfreaking believable, and I think I grabbed the wrong book, but I'll go by memory. Um, there is a strain of bacteria. It was uh, kind of coded by this German dude, dude. I think his name was Reuter. And it's called Lactobacillus reuteri. And you can, um, when you buy it, it's like not really powerful enough because it's low strain count. But when you ferment it for 36 hours, you can get the colony forming units or, you know, the amount of uh, bacteria in there up to like 250 billion, which will actually drive change. So what's really cool about this is like human beings forever. When this guy was studying this stuff, I think it was back in like the 40s, people had it in their gastrointestinal tract, especially the upper GI tract. And it's very respons- It's responsible for creating oxytocin, which is kind of like love and compassion molecule. And um, anyway, there were some studies done at MIT where they took elderly mice and gave it to it, and um, they increased their for they increased their testosterone four hundred percent. So I know the guys out there going, "Woo, that's great!" But what the cool thing was, they took uh, mice and put them on a junk food diet. Two sets of mice on a junk food diet. But one of them with the L or lactobacillus uh, rotori, um, and guess what happened? The of course the mouse that ate the junk food diet only they got fat, sick, died, stopped having sex, and died early. The ones that had the junk food diet and had this bacterial strain um, were skinny, were healthy, had really shiny, amazing coats. They procreated well into their old age, and like nothing changed. Now I'm not here to promote junk food diets, but <laughs> at all, right? But right. this is like groundbreaking stuff because the problem is they never really recognized much about it for some reason for human benefit at MIT. Well, Dr. William Davis did. And um, I just had him on my show for a second time back to back because we went into this and I'm culturing these bacteria. He's running clinical uh, trials right now on mice and humans and uh, trying to find all these strains because we believe and I, I'm moving into this is that bacteria is the reason the lack of bacteria in our digestive tract is why we're, we're, um, we're so, one of the reasons why we're so sick. This is like a big part of our defense system and we don't have it anymore. So it's like a lost microbiome. It's like a lost microbiome, a lost microbe. So when you reintroduce it into your body, you start sleeping better. The collagen comes back in your face. So ladies love this stuff. Your hair, nails, skin, muscle tone. Uh, Guys, you get muscle and women, we, you know, we lose about a third of our muscle as we age, bring it back. 
um, and you get more compassionate and people are saying, you know, I just love my family more and I care about people more. And it's like, wow, I wonder if that was planned, but even if it wasn't, that's what's happened. So I've got it culturing. It'll be ready tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And I kind of screwed up making it because I just talked to him today. So I ordered some more stuff to do second batch. And and then I, there's other strains too. So I'll keep you guys all posted and we'll, right. we'll um, maybe we'll do a special episode on this once I've kind of become the uh, yogurt nerd over here and I've got all these <laughs> new bacteria um, getting colonized in my digestive tract. And I'll tell you if it's really working or not for me because I like to have first person experience. But I know in my gut, no pun intended, that it's going to work because I just, I, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I just, I just know, I just have a feeling I've been doing this work long enough and this guy, and, and he's got a group of people, uh, test patients, and all of them are already experiencing just tremendous results. So it's very exciting. Uh, this could be bigger actually than, or just as big as the sauna that I discovered last year. So I yeah. think this could be the big find for 2022. Wow. Um, to help people improve their health, myself included, and all of our clients and, and students and stuff like that. So, um, and all the people, all the enrichers out there listening to the Health and Wealth podcast. So, maybe we'll come on when I get this figured out and I'll tell you all about it and get you the recipes and you guys can start making some yogurt in your house and, and uh, boosting your health big time. Yeah, nice. Well, that, that's what we're here for. Well, before we bring in our guests, and I'm very excited about, uh, about our guests coming in from Northern California. Um, William Davis, Dr. William Davis, was that the, was that the wheat belly guy? Or am yeah. I ever, yeah. That, okay. Yeah. And I, I hardly ever have people come on my show twice. Cause I try to always keep it unless it's like super good stuff. And this guy, he came on, we did wheat belly episode 122 that we just launched, um, on the health hero show Monday. And then I had another one in between him and he'll be probably episode 124 too. And we're, we're I don't know how the title is going to be, but he wrote a book called super gut. And in that book, it has, all the recipes and everything on these bacteria and everything. So it's a, it's a good read. I think everybody listening should get a copy of it. It's uh it's like breakthrough stuff. And I think in the next 10 years, what you're going to see is that um, we're going to stop trying to heal people with synthetics and acid based, you know, synthetics. And we're going to, and, and things like, you know, uh, penicillin and, and uh, um, you know, uh, just pharmaceutical drugs. We're going to be going into bacteria and putting different types of bacteria back into the body that have just been missing for years to help, fix things. Nice. Well, you know, um, I want to go ahead and, and welcome in our guest who was probably not expecting to get all this like cool new stuff, which I had no idea either. But uh, Angela Wright of the Del Monte group. Uh, Angela, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I am so excited to try this. Can you put me on the list of beta testers here? I, like, yeah. I'm lining yeah. up. This sounds great. Yeah. Especially and pre-show, she's she's up at 5 a.m. working out, so like <laughs> she's committed to her health. So I know you'll follow through on it. So I'd be happy. I would. To. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, hey, uh, Angela, thank you so much for joining uh, the uh, uh, our podcast today of another episode. And in Richards, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Uh, but we want to go ahead and jump on in as we normally do. Our enrichers, uh, our listeners, as we call them want to find out a little bit about, you know, what was it that drove you, brought you into the financial services business? It's not something ordinarily, as we talk to most of our advisor guests, uh, it's not something that they set out to do at a young age or whatever. They, they, they've either stumbled upon it or a, a parent brought them into it or a brother or sibling or whatever it was. So share with us, if you don't mind, go back as far as you need to on what was it that really brought you in to have a heart for helping people and, and coming into the financial services arena? 
Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today and, and to tell this story. Um, so I, it's been about 20 years now that I've been working and in investing and in planning. And it was actually a pretty straight path, <laughs> but it started, you know, as a child, my parents were entrepreneurs. They ran a couple of businesses through my childhood years. And from about the time I could walk, they brought me in to do odd jobs. So I was like, scrubbing toilets in an auto shop staffed by six men when I was like eight years old. You know, as soon as I learned to scrub a toilet, off I went and started answering phones at 12 years old and, you know, doing the bookkeeping in my summers in high school. Um, and so I watched my parents build these businesses uh, from the ground up. And there were two things I learned. One was really strong work ethic. Uh, they were just always at it, even, you know, as many children of family business would say, at the dinner table every night, that's what we talked about. But then, you know, they worked in a, in a service space. It was an automotive repair shop. And so I got to watch my mom take care of her customers, many of whom were elderly. And the way that she treated them, it was like with such care. And they would come in and she'd sit them down while they wait for their car and get them a cup of coffee and talk about their kids and their lives. And everybody loved my mom. Her name is Winnie. And it, it's just, you know, I started answering the phone and I sound a lot like her and they would say, oh, hi, Winnie, my back's out again. Can you send the car over? I, just, you know, watching the way that they cared for people through the years, through auto service, which is, you know, kind of random. You go and you get your oil changed and you leave. I, I think they just built a different kind of a business. And it was around the time I think I was 16 years old, their financial planner came to their house to meet with them. And I remember sort of like spying on this meeting. I wasn't supposed to be there, right? But I'm like super interested in what's going on because I learned about earning money, you know, when I was young, they, they would pay me a little, you know, quarter here and there for the work that I did for them. And, and so I'm listening in and I remember him, he just, it seemed like he knew everything. Like not just everything about money, but everything about life. <laughs> like, he just, he was like this cool, calm, collected guy. Um, you know, if influencers were a thing back in the nineties, I would say he, he was like my biggest influencer, just this local financial advisor. Um, and so when I went to college, I, I decided to major in, in business, which a, with a concentration in financial services, I just knew, I was like, you know what, this is a really cool job. Um, and at the very least, if I suck at it, at least I'll know a little bit about managing money. And like, I can take that skill with me wherever I go, but I like money. The idea of investing is really exciting. Like, let's do this. So, um, at the time Chico state had an emphasis in financial services that would prepare you to sit for the CFP exam. And it was like from the Bay area here, that's Northern California, Chico state. So it was just far enough away from home that my parents couldn't pop in on me whenever they wanted, but close enough that I could come home if I felt the need, you know, for mom and dad. Sure. Uh, and so I majored in business with an emphasis in finance. And when I graduated, I just walked right into a brokerage house um, and and started working a, a commission, you know, financial services job. I remember interning during college. Um, you know, we had like the financial, um, what do we call it? The financial association where we had a little portfolio of $10,000 that we invested. And um, this was just after the dot-com bust. All of this was going on. So it was a really interesting time to be investing. And that was right um, in your own backyard at that time too. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it was like our friends were struggling and suffering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm working at, you know, it, it was UBS Payne Weber. 
at the time and like filing paper stock orders. They had me calling CPAs up for to come to uh, workshops. Um, and, you know, just starting to get a feel for the business. And I loved it. It was so awesome. Even though I had to get up super early. Like, so Chico State is known as a party school. I, is that widely known throughout? I, well, I don't know if I don't know if knowing that Chico State is a party school. I mean, it's no ASU, right? Which is like known <laughs> as the party school in the West. But yeah. um, I, I do know of Chico State personally. Yeah. Yeah, I think ASU usurped us like somewhere around 2005. But before that, they would do what I don't know what magazine it was that used to put out the report. I want to say maybe it was Playboy of like the biggest party schools in the United right. States. Chico topped that list for a long time. And so I was very anti Chico State because these finance classes would be, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. And I would get up and go do my internship at at the brokerage before that. So I'm like, at you know, work at 6am, which you, know, you can't party all night and then do that. I couldn't even do that when I was 21. And I certainly can't do it today. Right. Um, so I, you know, I just thought it was the coolest thing, all the moving parts. Wow. So, um, so you end up um, not going very far away from where you were born and raised in. It sounds like you're like originally from Northern California, right? Yep. I was born and raised in the Bay Area, like 30 miles outside of San Francisco. I went to school three hours away and then I came right back home. I never did a study abroad, which I really regret. If there's anyone who's like sending their kids to school, listening to this, like, I would encourage them to do that. Uh, it just seems like such a cool experience. And yeah, I never moved away. I just hometown girl. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's interesting. So um, my daughter actually, who um, actually I just, I'm podcasting from home today. I just heard her come home. She went to the office. She actually answers the phones uh, 12 to 4, Monday through Friday. And um, she just graduated high school. And a lot of people have been asking me to that point, like, well, what's she going to do? And she's like, I'm going to take a year off. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to, you know, try to figure out what I'm going to do. So she's going to come work for dad full time at uh, at our office. She's going to, you know, do a lot of things with uh, like we've been uh a studio, a production studio in our uh, office. And we have a graphics design team and, you know, video marketing stuff. And we, we do a, we do a whole bunch of things that I'm like, look, Caitlin, try to find something that, you know, that might pique your interest or whatever. And who knows, is it financial services? I don't know. But the one thing that uh, I definitely encourage her to do is not rush into having to feel like you got to go to college and figure everything out tomorrow. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I'm grateful for my education and for my life and the way that it's all worked out, but it was just a straight path, high school, college, job, CFP exam. And then I've just done that my entire life. And it, you know, I really wish that I had screwed around a little bit more. It would have yeah. been really fun. And, and, you know, I don't think it would have impacted my career that much in the long run. At the time, it seemed like no time to waste. I got to get working. I'm 21 years old. Let's let's get life started. Right. It's just like, it's kind of a different mindset. And I love that young people now are embracing that. Like, you know what? I've got some time. I'm going to be working until I'm 70 years old. I'll just take a beat. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I didn't really have the, uh, my, my, my background in history, which some of the enrichers who've uh, been on here, maybe I've shared, you know, from time to time, but you know, I actually never even ended up going to college. College was never for me. Right. And um, even though I played pre-show, we we're talking about how you're not a, a sports person. You can't talk sports or whatever. So I'll, I try to steer clear of that as much as I can. However, I played yeah. sports my whole life growing up and I had sports scholarships to go to college, free school and everything. 
and I still just didn't want to go. I, I was kind of like, I'm checking out. I'm done like doing the school thing. I'm, I'm used to just working. And uh, I actually lied about my age when I was 14 years old to start flipping. Work. Oh my God. I know. I know. <laughs> just so I could get a job. And uh, you just disqualified yourself from being Superman. I know. Uh, he doesn't lie. The um uh wait is it Superman that doesn't lie? Right, he can't. Like, he's my, actually, my dad doesn't lie. Like literally, he he can't do it. He won't do it. It's not it's not in him. He won't do it. He tells you exactly the truth. It's quite impressive. It's very rare today. Yeah. Yeah. As we can see, as we can see, because Carter's out there, you know, he's lying when he's 14. So (laughs) luckily he's come around. I lied on my application so I could get a job. Okay. It was a a little white lie. Right. You know what they call it? And they Uh, didn't have work permits yet. I had to get a work permit when I was 16 to prove I could work. Well, you know, so I lived in Kansas and I had uh, in Kansas, you could get your uh, learner's permit at 14. It's a, it's a farm thing. Right. Yeah. I had my driver's license, quote unquote, driver's license learning permit since I was 14. And so I just took that in as my ID. And then on the application, I just wrote what I wanted to write. And I don't know, maybe they knew, maybe they knew what my date of birth was, but they didn't have, I mean, this is, we're talking 1984, 85, right? Yeah. We're talking a long time ago, but uh, I'm dating myself. Uh, <laughs> Here's someone willing to work. We'll take him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. And I, and I, so my, my point being is that, you know, I, I just wanted to work, right. I, I wanted to make money and, you know, I liked money and it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I remember I was the kid in school because of course everybody else that had money in their pocket, it was probably from, uh, you know, mom and dad giving them, you know, their quarter here and there, right. For whatever, uh, you know, their chores were, whatever the case may be. And, um, but I'm literally cashing checks for like, you know, $200, $300, and I'm in school, and I'm just like, people think I'm a drug dealer or something, right? <laughs> anyway. Did it help I, with, your, with your popularity and, and getting dates and stuff? Yeah, you know, it it, it didn't. Um, uh, it, I don't know. Maybe it did. I was always that outgoing kid in school. I played sports. I was, you know, I was always top in my sport. I played baseball my whole life whole life growing up and and uh it definitely did but you know that would have been a good time for me to have had a financial advisor parent i can tell you that much right now so instead of making all the money and spend 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 you know maybe you could actually save some money and you can invest some money you can learn a little bit about the rule of compounding right the 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 what what are that the eighth wonder of the world right compound interest imagine if you started putting like 50 bucks a month in a roth ira back then oh my goodness it just, yeah. it, it's, it's, I would have ended up blowing it because I would have made a whole <laughs> bunch of money. I would have invested a whole bunch. And then I, I don't know. I, I didn't have the best influences growing up, Angela. I can tell you that mm-hmm. much right now. Um, which is why I didn't really go to college. Cause I didn't have anybody saying, well, you know, you should go to college or think about that or other than my high school, um, guidance counselor. Uh, yeah. and what does she know? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, the rule in my house was go to college or you're kicked out. Yeah. So, no. um, so do you have any uh, siblings that you grew up with that you had any influence on? Or from, or? <laughs> That's a topic for a different kind of show. I have a little a sister. She's two years younger than me. And, you know, we were the typical like best friends until about high school. Then we really started like stealing each other's clothes and duking it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when everybody moved away from college, that that distance made our hearts grow fonder and we started liking each other again. And now uh, 
yeah, she's, she's my best friend now, but she, she would tell you some stories about the ways in which I influenced her, which we will not talk about here. I'm, I'm sure. So did she end yeah. up moving away as well, or did she stay close also? She went to the University of Washington. Go Huskies. That's a thing I know. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah. So you know mascot. psychology, and then she did her master's at the uh, University of Seattle, I think it's called another call, another college in Seattle, and then moved back home to work in California. She's a school psych for elementary. She's like the good person in the family with the big heart that helps the kids. And I'm the one that, you know, does the money stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, so your parents, there wasn't, uh, any influence for, um, from them other than just the fact that, and I say other than, I mean, small business owners, as you being a financial advisor, you probably work with small business owners a lot and you can really empathize with him, uh, obviously, but that's, that, that was in and of itself, probably a great influence for you just seeing how the day to day. And you, you talked about how your mom was just so caring and, and she gave, you know, great customer service, right. And, and people really just wanted to do that. And I'm sure you've probably instilled and incorporated that a lot in your own practice. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, watching how they operated as a small business both influenced me like they were really frugal and they and I got into the finances of the business at in high school and so it kind of understood money flow and you know they wouldn't buy us anything and we're like save your money if you want something right and so I learned pretty young that I had better squirrel that money away if I wanted the boom box or whatever yeah. <laughs> and um but then you know I think as a small business owner myself I you know, there's a lot, a big influence there from watching them, right? The little bit of risk taking, or it's actually kind of a lot of risk taking that it takes to to own a business. Um, we can talk a little bit about how I got there in, in this business, but uh, like it's, my dad got sick. Um, let's see, it was, he was like 55 when he got sick and it became hard for him to work. So he had always managed the shop and, you know, kind of done like the sales part with the customers. And then she did the office and the books, uh, kind of like typical gender roles. Right. And when he got sick, he started staying home a lot more. And so she really had to step up in the sales and managing the shop department. And I watched her just sort of figure it out. And she completely stepped up and um, took over everything that my dad did. Um, and I think that that gave me a lot of inspiration for buying Del Monte group, um, from, from its founder and sort of the, like, yeah, you know what? I can do this and I can't do this all by myself. And it's just like having that influence in my life, I think has been really crucial. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. really cool. You know, it's like, it, it's like whether somebody is doing something inspirational to motivate you and give you that sense of maybe like I can do that too, or they're not doing something and you're like, I don't want to do what they're doing either way. It, it's a contrast to push you more towards what you really want to do. So yeah. I think this is a good time. We'll take a quick break and we get back. We'll get into what Angela Wright is doing over at the Del Monte group to help her clients uh, save and protect their money. We'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. 
Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcox. And today in the house, again, we've got Angela Wright from Del Monte Group, certified financial planner. So, Angela, this is kind of a, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Maybe not. I think this might be the first time, Carter, which Ooh, is another first. when you are looking to, as, as an advisor, and this could be, you know, it could be another business. Maybe you're not a financial advisor. Maybe you're a CPA or an insurance broker or whatever. It could be anything. Maybe you are a, a welder. Maybe you are a, what are those things called? An auto body shop. doesn't matter. One thing that's really a cool thing to do is we've gotten away from mentorship. We've gotten away from uh, apprenticeship and mastery, right? So what I what I did was I, I kind of jumped into an industry in sales, and then I jumped to another one, and then I jumped to another one, and I was starting all over fresh every time. Well, when I got into financial services, I was starting over fresh, but the, uh, um, but it was different because I came in with a purpose. The guy that I went to work for was very good at what he did. He was a financial player, planner, and he had one of the top agencies. He had three locations. They were rocking and rolling, and he was looking for a person to transition the business over to and sell out to. And I was like, wow, I could take his 25 years of working his ass off, piggyback off of this, work my butt off, and, and slip into that role and have this huge business that I'm taking over and have the revenue to pay him off, right? But he wants to take a take a hike, and he if he takes a hike, then the revenue goes goes down, right? So he's got to sell it outright. But you got there's a transition period, right? Because the clients and you got to keep them happy and make sure they're comfortable and all this stuff. So that's what Angela did, um, and and she got a lot of inspiration from her mom stepping up when her dad was sick from the last segment. If you um, uh, listen to that part, which hopefully you did, <laughs> and uh, so I, this is really exciting. So my my motivation, I, I want you to really listen to her story because. It's really impactful. So maybe this, maybe you're a financial advisor now. Maybe you could find a golden goose out there and find somebody else that's lined up with your values, that believes in what you believe and how to invest and do all that kind of stuff, and then work a deal out with them and say, "Hey, I'll come in here and work my butt off and uh, you know sweat equity yourself." And 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 then you could you could probably I don't know condense time and pick up an extra ten or twenty years in your practice and have this you know in five years you could have a huge practice all your own. So Angela, why don't you tell us how you got started? with that process of purchasing Del Monte group and how's that been going for yeah, you? So it's still in process, not complete yet. So we can't, you know, check the box, total success, but I'll say what I have learned so far. So you're exactly right. I feel like I stumbled on a gold mine when I met Richard, it was 14 years ago, uh, Friday actually. And I had been working in, you know, doing commission sales. Um, and then I went to work for a large RIA, and, which was really cool, but 
um, big, big company with lots of clients. And I feel like that personal personalization was lost. Like everyone was just kind of a number and um, there's big disconnect between like trading and service and all that stuff. So uh, a mutual vendor introduced me to Richard. He walked over to me one day and he said, hey, I got a guy in Alamo that's looking for a COO. I think you could do the job. I think it would be a promotion, but it's a really small firm. What do you think? And I was super unhappy with the culture of my current firm. So I just busted my resume out of my back pocket and handed it to him. Like, <laughs> please. So I meet Richard and, and his wife, Ingrid. Uh, they co-founded the company back in 1992 after working um, for a broker dealer for 10 years. And um, like right away, I could tell that our vision was completely aligned. And I think part of this is uh, my mother's Italian. Richard is Italian. We sort of like everybody started talking with their hands and really loud and really fast. And Richard and I found like, oh, boy, <laughs> we're so similar. This is awesome. But, you know, he told me that he had run, you know, kind of a traditional retirement planning practice. And he said, you know, I had this man. He retired. I managed his money. He lived off of it for a while. And then he died and his three kids inherited it. And the kids came to him and said, hey, um, you know, you've been great and all, but we're firing you because we met this guy in Danville who's going to double our money in 90 days. So sayonara. And, you know, Rich was like, okay, this happens. I get fired from time to time, but I urge you to reconsider because this sounds like it's too good to be true. Lo and behold, they did it. Of course, it was too good to be true. They were participating in one of these local Ponzi schemes. And then this really touched Richard because he was thinking, like, I spent my entire career thus far cultivating this man's assets. And now at the end of his life, it just vaporized. Like, what have I really done? I've given him a life, but like, what have I really done uh, from a generational perspective? And so he started looking into multi-generational wealth planning. And there are actually things that you can do to help a family retain their wealth and their harmony throughout the generations. And it becomes a lot more about your values and what you're using this wealth for and the history of the wealth. And a, a big part of it also is training that next generation for how to use the wealth and bringing everybody into the fold in this transparent way that builds trust and, and fosters communication among the family members. And he goes, I'm thinking of calling it a place of possibility. And I was just like starstruck. I, I was like, this is amazing. You know, in my last firm, it was like, how much revenue can you eke out of this client? And sure. now we're talking about a completely different perspective on, on the assets and the money. And so... Um, and he said, you know, eventually I would like to, you know, sell the business to an internal successor. I don't want to sell my clients down the river to a venture capital firm, which as we've seen in the last 10 years, it's happening more and more and more. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I came aboard 14 years ago. We really built up the multi-generational wealth planning aspect of the business. And uh, about five years in, we decided, yep, this is a good fit. We're going to put together an internal succession plan get you visible to the clients, and then we're going to play it out over a number of years. I think that's one of the keys to our success is that these clients have now known me for 14 years. And if any clients are listening, we still have like five to seven years to go. So don't panic. Richard's not going anywhere. Um, but we're also prepared in case something does happen because he's in his 60s and we know things happen, right? Here we are talking about health. So we're prepared for the hit by the bus scenario, but we're also sort of easing everybody into this transition. So they've had years to get to know me sitting by Richard's side. Um, and, and I think that's kind of one of the keys, right? And, yep. you know, we've built a really great um, buy-sell agreement. Uh, we're super excited about it. And through the years, I've been buying small portions of the company. 
Um, so I'm now a 10% owner of the company. Uh, so skin in the game early on, I think is also really important if you're thinking about an internal successor, uh, you know, getting them involved in the profits and losses of the company and, you know, that strategic decision-making and having them think through like, okay, you know, if I want a new laptop, that's actually going to cost me in my dividends, right? I mean, they start like the rubber meets the road for people when they get in on that early. So the, to the degree that somebody who's selling a business can do that, I think it'll pay dividends in the long run. So Angela, I, I love that story. And I love the, um, the, the fact that it sounds like something along the way just uh, providentially happened, right? How you ended up even, uh, and I don't know, maybe if I missed it, how did you meet Richard in the first place then? Do you were, oh, you were, because you were introduced to him from, from somebody. So, a tech so you, vendor introduced yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously the tech vendor knew both of you though, right? So he thought, hey, I, this, there might be something here. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he did our portfolio uh, management reconciliation back when it was like a big thing every single day, you know, line by line. And so right. both Richard and my other company outsourced that to this fellow. Um, and so like, yeah, I got to work with him day in and day out. Why is this transaction off? And this is a penny off. And so, yeah, we really got to know each other. And he had worked for Richard for at least 10 years, like as an employee. And then Richard helped him start his business of providing this service to other investment advisors. This is the kind of guy that my partner Richard is just extremely generous, always lifting up the people around him and making sure that they're in a good position as well. Right. So, um, so you've now been there for 14 years. You have this tagline that you both just like fully embrace, right? A place of possibility, which I, I love that whole tagline too. I mean, what was the, uh, what was the whole emphasis, uh, you know, or, or the, what was the thing that really the catalyst, I guess, for Richard to decide that? Did he share that with you from the beginning and why you ultimately bought into that idea? Yeah. So I came in like right at the beginning of that marketing process. He was working with a consultant who was trying to, you know, doing, going through all the exercises to suss out the values and what, you know, like, what is your why? I remember when that was a big thing. Got to tell everyone yep. your why. Yeah. And, Simon you know, Speck, right? Your why? Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, for him, it was all about coming up with when people hit a wall, what creative solution can we implement? And especially around um, end of life and estate transfers and getting your kids involved in the wealth of the family. Uh, I think people just are like, there's nothing I can do. I put my trust in place. The kids are going to do what they're going to do. I'm dead. What do I care? And so it's like we could actually create so much possibility for these families where none existed before. And same goes for like your day-to-day -day financial solutions. You know, I find Richard's like a magician. He's just pulling stuff out of a hat. Like here's this one really obscure tax law and we could apply it here. And then we could do this whole thing, you know, with this money that you don't want to pay taxes on, you know? And so it was really about helping people see that it's about more than just getting an income stream eventually and then yep. dying and giving it to your kids. And it's been so fun. Like financial planning is fun anyway, talking to people about their goals and then putting solutions together and seeing the numbers and seeing it all play out over multiple years. But then you start talking about their family values and you write down the history of the money and you get the kids in the room. And it's like, and kids, I'm, I'm talking about like adult people, right? 30, 40 years old. We're like, here's what your parents have created. And here's the plan. These are the roles and responsibilities that you're gonna take on. Like I walk away from those days while they should be exhausting. I'm like high when I get in my car. It just really, it's super fulfilling to have these conversations with people. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, it's uh, it's it's interesting because you know uh, here at, at CSI Financial Group, we talk on a regular basis where you know we we consider ourselves advisors to advisors, and one of the things that we talk about on a regular basis is you have to find a differentiator, right? If you're if you're going to be out there because it's super competitive, right? I mean, oh. you're all after the same clients and 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 these tend to. 12,000 baby boomers a day that are retiring, you know, for the next, you know, 15, 20 years and everything. And, and by the way, speaking of uh, intergenerational wealth and everything, uh, Cerulli Associates just came out and updated the amount of uh, wealth that's going to transfer, the great wealth transfer. Have you heard the latest number in the next 24 years? No, hit me. 84.4 trillion. Oh my gosh. That's like double the last one, isn't it? I know it used to be, it was, well, it started out like in 2011, they came out with it and they said it was going to be, it was like 30 trillion and then it was 64 trillion or 62 trillion, something like that. And now it just came out. Literally, it was an article that was just reading from them. Could have been more than two months ago, $84.4 trillion. The point being is that there's a lot of assets that are going to transfer, right? And if you're going to, be the advisor of the future for the family and, and, and tie yourself to that intergenerational wealth, you better by God be doing things that are meaningful, impactful to those families, which is why I love all the things that you've been talking about. And I, I, I'd love to maybe be able to get Richard on this podcast at some point in the future too, but um, just listening to all the things you say, it lines up and it, it aligns so much with the things that I share with advisors on helping them, to, you know, to grow their practice. Yeah. I talk about this, this triangle of uh, planning and what you need to have is three different areas. You need to have estate planning, you need to have financial planning, and then you need to have re- uh, legacy planning. And by legacy planning, that what I'm talking about there specifically is that we purchased a company back in um, 2019, like right whenever, you know, COVID was just starting to get going or whatever, maybe, maybe it was even early part of 2020. Um, there was a company that was started in 2003 called legacy stories. And what legacy stories was built on was from this financial advisor. Uh, and he, the co-founder's name's Dennis stack. And he actually gave this thing as a gift to his, his own clients for Christmas, a book for them to like put all their stuff in. Right. And it was so overwhelmingly received that he's like, I think I'm onto something here. So they started this company in 2003 called Legacy Stories. And uh, and we actually bought it because we add that to part of the financial plan and strategies that our advisors do. It's one centralized location where uh, a client and an advisor's client, right, can literally go in and record all of these things that are in their head and in their heart that if they don't do this, when they pass away, that's gone forever. It's lost and gone forever, right? So it's one centralized location. I didn't. I didn't mean to get into the legacy stories thing, but it's. I all saved about- this software. It's awesome. Yeah, I've I- demoed it and done. I've uploaded my own stuff. I swear, it's legacy stories onto this thing, and it is a really cool and easy way to do. Like you know, we have hours of interviews and we transcribe it, and then we have someone write it into a book. Like that is a really push the button, record that question for the day, move on with your life, come back again tomorrow. That's so cool. Totally. Yeah. It's so great because, um, you know, with estate planning and financial planning, that's how you pass on your valuables, right? But you pass on your values is what we say. Obviously we pass on your values 
with legacy planning using legacy stories. So, you know, I don't want any of that stuff. I was just, uh, I was sharing a, a story with someone the other day that me and my wife, we have to sit down. We have on my cell phone right here, I have all of these voicemails of my daughter and my son when they were like really young because I never want to forget what they sounded like, right? Yeah. So, so she has a whole bunch of like, she if she has, if she has three voicemails, it, her voicemail's full because, and I'm like, we've got to sit down and we need to upload those into our legacy stories file so that we have all of those in there permanently there and then we can clear out all of our voicemails. But when you start thinking about this on the emotional part of planning, it can really help to differentiate an advisor. Uh, you're obviously incorporating this and, and you're doing it on a daily basis already, but it really does bring more of that emotional aspect to planning because money is emotional anyway. And then your stories are just that much more emotional and everybody has a valuable story. And, and I can tell you right now, the amount of money I would pay to be able to hear stories from my great grandparents that I would have, that I never met growing up about what it was like to live in the depression and all, you know, all the different types of stories that they could have recorded, that would be priceless to me. So we can't lose any more of that whatsoever. So this is one of our gifts to our advisors and their clients that like, we want them to be able to have access to this. It doesn't even, um, you know, with, with, the, with their, it's part of their planning strategy. But anyway, I just, I love the idea of being able to have, um, you know, great, great grandkids that I'll never meet have be able to hear about the values about what, you know, why I started something. Now we do a podcast, you do a podcast, right? And, and that's going to like live forever. So those are additional <laughs> things that yeah. people will be able to like listen to, but, but, but that's just like interview style, you know, things that we're talking about right now. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, you know, you go in, you push record and you start talking about like this picture of your mom or your dad or your great grandmother or whatever it was, or, or some, maybe it was some, um, you know, some dress or some picture, or some ring or, you know, whatever those family heirlooms might be. And then you get to actually hear the voice of your own flesh and blood that maybe you never got to meet. Uh, it, to me, I think it's important to be part of somebody's overall planning strategies. Oh, absolutely. I have my grandmother's diaries. And she would like as a teenager, she would write the most mundane things, you know, like played literally with that played, kick the can, put my hair in pin curls, went to bed. <laughs> but I would kill to hear that in her voice. It seems mundane. And for anyone who's questioning whether they have a story or not, you do, because I would pay money to hear my grandma talking about pin curls in her own voice. Totally. No doubt Good about point. it. No well, doubt. Awesome about stuff, guys. Awesome stuff. Um, I'm really glad that we were able to share like your transition into purchasing the practice and then that story about um, the gentleman you're purchasing it from about how you guys have made your practice really not just it's really client focused, but for the for the future generations. Right. So because you could be a great financial advisor and help people while they're alive. But if that legacy planning and the succession planning, that, that stuff is not done. And for those listening, if you're not a financial advisor, you don't have to have a bazillion dollars either. If it's, you know, 100,000, 50,000, 400,000, whatever, don't you want that to last? And that's why, you know, succession planning is so important because you can control your money above ground and you can control your money below ground after you pass away and you take your last breath. So, and we do have certain children that, may have gotten off track a little bit and, you know, aren't as responsible. And 
that can be like handing them sticks of dynamite when they get too much money. And if they live through it, um, yeah, they'll probably end up in more debt or have some problems. So I, I don't know if I told you that story, Carter, but there was this, uh, this guy that got, ran into, he was a logger and he got a bunch of money and went down to the big ivory tower downtown. And it was like Schwab's or something. It's like, well, give me my money. And the guy's like, are you sure? Do you know how much you got? And he's like, I don't know, 50,000 bucks. He's like, well, a little over a million. He's like, oh, well, give me 500,000. And um, <laughs> my buddy had loaned him like a couple grand or something. And he's like, wow. He's like, I'm going to get paid finally. And he, they were roommates. And the guy was gone for like a year. He quit work. He was traveling the world. And he just kept getting, you know, cards from the guy, postcards. I'm in Fiji. It's amazing. I'm partying. I met this woman. And like, I bought a piece of land over here and I bought a little house. And he's just traveling the world, buying stuff, drinking. He was an alcoholic. And then he got back and, and, and John's like, Hey man, he's like, you know, I, you said you're going to pay me back. I, I actually really need the money right now. And he's like, dude, I, I don't have any money left. It's all gone. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you had over a million dollars. He goes, well, you'd be surprised how fast a million can go. <laughs> and he went back to being a logger. So if you're listening and you have children, hopefully that's not your child, but it could be, or your child could marry that person. Okay. So there's, you, you need to be really think, uh, think about this. This is where the planning stuff, where the rubber meets the road. And that's why, you know, financial planners are there, financial advisors to help you because they do it all day long and they can help you. So anyway, great, great uh, segment, guys. We'll take a quick break. When we get back, Angela can ask me any questions she wants about health. I'm so excited. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. And today in the house, you guys know it. We've got Angela Wright, certified financial planner and MBA. This is back-to-back FCFP MBA. What do you got going over there, Carter? You got that? I don't know what you're drinking, buddy. You get these great guests. I'm All drinking right. great restructured water, Tim. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Angela, what questions you have about health? Okay, I have two. So, okay. my first question is, um, I've got this 20-year-old babysitter who's obsessed with TikTok. And she comes over to my house the other day with a bottle of CMOS. And she's like, everyone on TikTok is talking about CMOS. It will change your life. Here you go. You got to start drinking it. So I don't, I didn't have time to research it. Do I want to drink the CMOS? Is it going to change my life? What's the deal? Well, it's good. It's really good. Um, you know, the, some of it's, I like, if you're going to do it, you want to get the wild crafted. That's a very important thing. And typically it's purple. It's purple in color. Um, you can get it in the clear version, but it just has to be clean. Um, but look for wild crafted. And what's great about sea moss, or it's actually called Irish sea moss, is it has about like 92 minerals in it. So it's right up there with like doing wheatgrass shots. So if you're not really, you know, you don't like doing wheatgrass shots, which I do do like, I do like doing wheatgrass shots. But unfortunately, a lot of places, 
they really don't know how to grow it and harvest it properly. But it's still way better than not taking it, right? Still way better. And for me, there's still minerals and nutrients in there. But, you know, I just I'm I'm like a wheatgrass snob and a fresh sprout snob. So I want my stuff like super perfect. And I, I grew up myself. So this is a very simple way for you to get a bunch of minerals in the body. And it's, you know, the reason why people are getting results with it, thicker nails, better hair, better skin, they're feeling better is because our soil has been demineralized. You know, 85% of the nutrition's out of it. And, and then what's left, a lot of the soil is tilled. And when you till the soil, the soil microbiome or the bacteria in the soil, they actually, one of their jobs is to transport nutrients in to the root system of the plant. So if you have soil that's 85% toast, gone, you only got 15% fuel left, um, and then it's tilled, very little is actually getting into the plant. And then it goes through heat processing, pasteurization, irradiation, boxing, canning. They do all this stuff to it, right? And then add weird stuff to it. Um, and then we get it. And we're wondering why we're so tired and we're wondering why we're, we're aging faster and having all these diseases. Well, one of the big reasons is because we're nutrient deficient, period. So when you put something in like sea moss, Irish sea moss, it's full of minerals. It's replacing minerals that your body actually needs to carry out the activities of daily living. It's, it's just that simple. So what you can do is you can buy it already pre-made, right? Some companies do that. It's pretty good. For a busy person, that's probably a good way to start. Um, you can also buy it if you can get it um, in its whole pieces. And then you have to actually like kind of clean it off a little bit because there's a little sand and stuff in it. So it's a little bit of a process. And then you blend it with a high-speed blender with water, a little bit of water. And, and then you put a little bit more water and you blend it all up. And then you put it in the fridge and then it'll turn into this gel. It turns into a gel. And then you just take a big scoop of gel out and eat it. So you can learn all that, but it's um, it's pretty good stuff. Um, Dr. CB, um, S-E-B-I was a big promoter of that. Um, he was a guy that was really, he had actually had a lot of problems in his 30s. He was a, 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 steam, a steam engineer, uh, went through the Navy and never read a book. So figure that one out. Um, and then went to work for this company. And the guy actually hired him just to see him fail. But he was one of the best, he was the smartest person they had there. Um, and he, but he got diabetes. He was impotent in his 30s and had all these problems. And he went to a village healer in mexico and the guy was like 92 i think and he had two wives and like a goat or two in this little shack that he was living in this little adobe house and he went dr cb went to see him he's like i heard you could help me i've got type 2 diabetes i'm impotent and he's like okay here's what you do stop eating all food and eat this it's like a cucumber every day for 90 days and don't eat anything else and then come back and see me he's like what man you're crazy he's like tell me to stop eating food and eat these cucumbers for 90 days. That's out of this month. Out of this world. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, you're 33 years old and you have type, you have diabetes and you can't get an erection. He goes, I'm 92 years old. I got two wives and a goat and I make love to all of them. You know, I'm just kidding <laughs> on the all of them part, but he could, right? So he actually kind of followed the guy's advice and in 90 days, his impotence was gone and all that stuff. So Dr. CB started on that route and he was really into wild crafted herbs and stuff like that. He's got some really good stuff. Actually, anybody that's listening, um, part of our anemic protocol for those of you, especially women during menstrual cycles, or if anybody has Renault syndrome, Dr. CB's Iron Plus supplement works really well um, with our Green 85 gut detox and... Um, you can either do our V-Stack product or our multi-shroom because there's minerals in that and iron. It's actually iron that's actually been chelated by the root system of plants. 
rather than like iron oxide that um, is like basically eating a railroad tie or a bridge. So a lot of women will go in, they get anemic, and then the doctors say, take an iron supplement. And they go buy, I think it's like iron sulfate, I think is what it's called. You're basically chewing on a, on a railroad tie. And a lot of times that's, those listening have done this, you know, it gives you an upset stomach and that's why. So that rot, hard, that mineral needs to go through the root system of a plant, converts it to carbon-based, and then it's assimilable to your carbon-based body. So Dr. CB, iron moss, sea moss, that's a whole little story there. I just wanted to wrap it all up in a bow. There you go. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Moral of the story. So I thought it was my toddlers making me tired, but it's probably the fact that I'm completely nutrient deficient because I eat a typical American diet. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we'll get you rock and roll. And you know, shot. you know, it's really interesting. I was telling Carter, I and mean, we talked to the last guest about this. I coach people on their health, but all of the people that are, that are commission based and own businesses, we went back because I had this guy that he, you know, he'd never made more than eight grand within two and a half months of coaching. He cracked 10,300 and went, cause we just made a little $10,000 a month goal. He's a friend of mine. He used to work for me. And, um, I was like, wow, that was fast. And so then I got curious and I went back and interviewed all the people that were commission based and we did some math and I actually did some homework on this years ago. Those people increased their income by 21% by improving their health. So we can give you a nice little increase in revenue um, by taking the vehicle that's driving all that revenue and ramping it up on a, on a molecular level and a cellular level, creating more energy, more frequency. You'll literally become more attractive, not just as, you know, a pretty person, but to the marketplace because you, people will gravitate to you even more because there's something different about her. There's something special about him. I don't know what it is. And when they're trying to decide between those people, let's go with her. You know, it's just because it's like it's an it's an energetic thing that they don't even know. It's like a subliminal deal that's going on. Plus, you have more energy to make the calls. You're happier. You're clear minded. Your presentations are better. Everything works better. And because um, it's all connected to you. That's amazing. Really? Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm trying to see Moss and, and then I'm going to report back to you in 30 days. The okay. bottle's been sitting in the back of my fridge and I haven't touched it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And once you open it up, that stuff goes bad fast. So just okay. eat it really Drink good. It down. All right. Get her, get down. You, but you know, you only need so much, just follow the directions on it. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. And then you had a second question too, didn't you, Angela? I do. Can I ask it? Yeah. yeah go ahead. Oh, awesome. All right. I'm getting a two for here. So, all right. In my attempts to stay fit while I do two toddlers and a business, I go to the gym at 5 a.m. every day. And it's an mm -hmm. orange theory workout. So if, for people who are familiar, it's, it's hardcore. Like it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty intense. Like they do a lot of jumping lunge things that I skip because I'm like, oh my gosh, there go my knees. Uh -huh. Because I get older and older, these things look scarier and scarier. But so there's a lot of running on a treadmill, there's rowing, which is a full body situation, and then body weight, TRX, or weightlifting down on the floor. And so this morning I was doing a lunge and I felt something like, tug in my knee and I kind of don't know what to do right because my instinct is to like call a doctor but I'm afraid they're gonna be like oh you need surgery you need a new knee or you tore your ACL or something like that and so I just you know like knee health in general I think as we get older like, what do you do when you feel a little injury like that and what can I do to you know kind of take better care of my knee or do I really need to go see a doctor now yeah well I'm not a doctor right so I just Throw the disclaimer out there. Um, I don't know if you have a complete tear or not, um, but I would say before you have this happen again, I'll give you the advice so that this doesn't ever happen again. And my question to you is, is how much 
um, stretching or yoga do you do on a daily basis? I used to do yoga every day, but the kids have really hampered that. And I fall asleep with them at night instead of doing the yoga. So probably like once or twice a week back. Okay. Can now. you do yoga with the kids? No, they will not participate. Like if, they, if it's on the TV, there's even a lady who's really cute. She does cosmic kids yoga. If it's on the TV, they'll ask me to watch a show instead. And if I'm on the floor, I become a jungle gym. They're six and three. So I feel like as they get older, that well, you can do your yoga stretching and be getting your upper body workout because they're crawling all over you. (laughs) You Add a little extra weight to that pigeon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yin yoga is very important. That type of long uh, three to 10 minute stretching postures to keep your fascia and ligaments so that that doesn't happen because it's just getting stiff as you age. It's going to get stiffer and stiffer, but it doesn't have to. You can keep it pliable and like a little three year old but you have to put in the effort and you have to do the stretching. So, I mean, I find ways I stretch all the time. Like if I'm gas and putting diesel in my pickup, I'm doing forward fold the whole time. Always. Every time I'm always finding ways to stretch time. You just condense time when you're, when you have any idle stuff, just, just really focus on, on that. Number two, well, number one, before that's water, water is always important. So you want to get your inputs to your system, right? Best air, best water. We help our clients with those two things right out of the gate and sleep. And we see radical changes with people just by getting better air, better water, and better sleep into their system, which makes sense. Um, now, let's say you already have this injury. Um, you, you know, you might need surgery. I don't know. But if it's not completely torn, you can you can heal it. Now, if you want to go to, um, you know, kind of like uh, high-level route, there's um, actually stem cell, nanoparticle stem cells now. And that is uh, the... First time that, I mean, stem cells are really cool because like you can like, you know, like heal and grow new stuff and like that, but it's coming from the, you know, either your own body, which I don't think is as effective, but the best ones are like the placentas from, from newborns, but you know, what's in the blood, you know, well, I know from the umbilical cord stud blood, blood studies, there's 180 chemicals in it that cause cancer in humans, 212 that cause developmental and brain disorder. So I'm really suspect about putting somebody else's poison you know toxic blood into my body but now with nanoparticle stem cells they've kind of it's just the energetics of it there's none of that's in there so um that was episode what was it 109 i interviewed the top guy on it dr ross carter anti-aging breakthrough with nanoparticle stem cells he had a knee issue and he fixed it with one one treatment but you could maybe do one or two three treatments and that that could work that's something um number two or three or four whatever i'm on now um, is you have inflammation, obviously what's going on in there. So water reduces inflammation. We have a product called turmeric 100. It's a breakthrough and anti-inflammatory. It's a, like 185 times more anti-inflammatory than rather regular turmeric products because it doesn't go through the gastrointestinal system. It goes right through the mucous membrane in the mouth, right into the bloodstream and right into the cell, regardless of how, you know, dehydrated you might be on a cellular level or how poor your fat membrane is, or if you are, you have inflammation there. So that's huge. Um, and then Carter, why don't you tell her about the sauna? Why don't you be the health coach here? Well, I, you know what I got to tell you. So, so Tim for like the longest time was telling me all about this infrared sauna that he had. And, and I know, I think it was like episode number 61 where I'm just guessing that number. Just, that is episode 61 of my show. Oh, it's, we, I interviewed the, uh, the owner of that company. Yeah. So, uh, Tim's like, you know, sauna, sauna, sauna. And when I first met Tim, you know, he used to sell saunas. And whenever I kept hearing sauna, in my mind, I'm picturing this big, huge box 
thing. And I'm just like, how do, I'm not going to be able to get a sauna in my house. And I don't even know where I would even start or whatever. And he started telling me, he just kept talking about the sauna. He's like, dude, have you gotten your sauna? Yes. And no, I haven't yet. And, and finally, after he asked me, I don't know, maybe 12 weeks in a row, I can't remember how long it was. Um, I was like, ah, you know, send me the information. So I finally like took a look on the website and I looked at it. It's a, it's a one, literally a one person infrared sauna. And I purchased this thing. It was like, I, I know for our listeners, we give a hundred dollar discount or whatever. It's like 1400 bucks, you know, to get this one person sauna. And um, every single day, every day I get in this sauna. And I, when I first started doing it, I could only do it for like 10 minutes. Cause it was like that intense. And then I would build myself up to, you know, 12 minutes and 15 minutes. And I still, to this day, I can't go longer than 20 minutes or 22 minutes, I think is my max. I do it. My wife does it. My son does it. And ever since I started doing that sauna, um, you know, I, just, just more energy. Now I'm, I'm sort of blessed with lots of energy anyway. I don't know. It's just who I am, but that definitely made a huge difference. So, you know, I got my water, right. I take the green 85 every single day. Um, obviously I was, you know, I've been sick lately or whatever, but I still took my green 85 that, uh, Tim's green 85. I've got the turmeric, love that stuff. Every single day I take that. In fact, I got to order some, some more Tim, my six packs out that I'm, that I got, but this sauna seriously, Angela was so cool. And just being able to get in it, um, after I learn, I can't, I can't talk about the, the, the physics of it. Tim can talk more about that. I just know that for me getting in, it's simple. It's easy. It's in my in-home gym and I'm in and out in, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's awesome. Well, and the most important thing is it's, it's, it, it speeds up blood flow, like at ridiculous levels. Like, huh. so it takes everything else you're doing and magnify, like our products become so much more effective. Everything that we teach people is more, so more effective, literally shrinking your blood molecules, making them smaller. So they go into dormant capillaries, bringing nutrients to this skin, rejuvenating your skin. So you look and feel younger, most going internally to the internal organs and dormant capillaries in there and bringing nutrients and pulling waste matter out. I mean, it's been after two months of this, taking this new sauna technology, I had, um, gray stuff coming out in my towel, like pouring out heavy metals coming out of my body. And I'd been taking a sauna every day for 30 minutes for nine years. Never happened with this sauna. It just pushed this stuff out. And that's why, cause it's, it, it's able to vibrate the molecules six to nine times better than these, these other saunas. They're great. They'll, they'll give you maybe a degree to a degree and a half in core temperature raise in 25 minutes. This will raise your core temperature 3.2 degrees. It's unheard of. So you have, you create an artificial fever every day. It's great for your skin. It's great for sleep. But for you, I want you to get one or think about it for inflammation because you have a lot of inflammation, especially in that knee. And after it'll help you heal your knee faster. And then afterwards you just get all the other benefits that come with it. And if you're stressed, it literally like crowbars you into um, rest and digest mode. I mean, it's like yeah. doing a 90 minute hot yoga session. You get in that sucker for 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And when you're done, you, it literally takes you from uh, out of fight or flight mode and puts you right in rest and digest. Oh. You are completely chilled out in 15, 10, 15 minutes. Sounds amazing. So for your busy lifestyle and what you got going on, I can imagine. I, I, it looks like you have a really good presence and you probably carry yourself through the day, but you still have a big practice that you're purchasing. You have clients to see and you got kids crawling over you and you're probably trying to you know, keep your husband happy. And at the same time, you got yourself to look out for. <laughs> yeah. Right? You got you to gotta have some time for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. You can hide the sauna. I also up, feel like getting in a sauna would be forced meditation, right? There's nothing else to do in there but sit and breathe. 
you, yeah, you literally true. took the words right out of my mouth. The other thing I was going to say is what I do, what it forces me to do, because you can't do anything. You're sitting there literally in this sauna. Um, I So my wife put it together, came in a box, nice and simple, easy peasy, right? And uh, but what I love about it is I take that time because I can't not I can't go anywhere and I work on my breathing exercises. Right. So not only are you getting the exercise, you know, the breathing exercises, you're also getting the benefits of being in the sauna also at the same time. And what else are you going to do? There's literally nothing else you can do. So it's a, such an opportune time to really just, you know, Oh, these breathing exercises that Tim's taught me how to do and everything. Anyway. Well, um, I had a friend. She watches Vampire Diaries when she takes her sauna. <laughs> Probably not the best use of her time, yeah. but she that's the I one thing she likes the, to do. I love the breathing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. awesome. All right. Well, hey, so and just great Rick. questions. Great questions. Yeah. Thanks for being on Thank the show. Thank you. Today. I feel really like I just got a whole free here. health consultation. I love it. Yeah, no charge. I'm learning a ton. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what we do. And, and uh, so we, hey, and Richard, we really want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. And if you want to be able to see all of our other fantastic guests, just like Angela Wright of Del Monte Group, CFP and MBA. Yeah, we've got that going on. That's, that's two in a row now, actually. Um, you can be able to go to our website at www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts either Spotify, Apple, Google, Podbean, wherever that might be. And uh, and, we, and we really do uh, thank you for coming on and uh, listening today in Richards. It's, it's always a joy and, and we're definitely blessed. And, uh, and it's been a, a, another wonderful episode uh, for my fantastic co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. I'm Carter Wilcox, the CEO and founder of CSI Financial Group and co-founder of Epic Services Company. Um, we want to go ahead and thank Angela Wright of Del Monte Group. Angela, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest today and sharing all of those wonderful stories. Oh, thank you. It's totally my pleasure. Yeah, so um, maybe we can do a, a follow-up on the, the CMOS. We can do the follow-up on maybe some of this other stuff too. But uh, And I'll get you connected with Tim. And, and in the show notes, obviously, we'll have all of your contact information to be able to to come on and, and, you know, maybe you've got some potential people out there looking for a great financial advisor. We'll make sure they've got your access and uh, get a calendar meeting consultation with you or whatever. And those will all be in the show notes as well. So is there anything else that you want to uh, share before we let all of our enrichers go? Gosh, you're on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No, I really don't. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, awesome. Thank, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Hey, enrichers, until next time, uh, have a wonderful day and lead that abundant life that we talk about on here all the time. And uh, until next time, we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast Show. Thank you, everybody. Hey, enrichers, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies, so tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim.